0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to Believe in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. We thank you guys for being with us tonight as we got a ton of stuff to do, LeVon. A ton of news has come out in the last week involving Clemson football and college football in general, and so we appreciate you guys being with us tonight. Um, we're going to talk uh, uh, about, obviously, the Tigers' um, birth uh, – excuse me, invitation and acceptance into the Gator Bowl. That was a surprise. And mm-hmm. then we're, we're going to talk about uh, the, the college football playoff and what happened there. I know a lot of – LeVon's got an opinion on that, as as do I. we got a lot of Clemson news and notes with good things and then the other things that people probably are not as uh, – happy about um and then uh we got some uh news here on the on, on the on the podcast we want to talk about too some, some that what we can talk about um and so with that i'll bring in my colleague levon kirkland levon thanks for uh being here buddy and how how things going down there in the beautiful city of columbia and i say that
0: sarcastically <laughs> <laughs> well i got my eye on the game but uh, everything's good, man. I, I, I can't complain. I, you know, I just wanted to really give a shout out to my sister-in-law who mother has just passed uh, this past week. So just want to give our prayers to her. But other than that, man, things are going well. Can't complain.
1: Yeah. Um, our prayers with her as well. And, and, um, you know, I know everybody out there in Clemson will do the same for her. Uh, um, tough times as always. And we hate that. Um but Levon, uh, just want to throw this out there. This will be your last believing Clemson football podcast yes. with us mm-hmm. uh, because of other opportunities that have come up. If somebody wants to know what those opportunities are, they can go to the Clemson Insider, uh, where right. my boss uh, broke the story this morning. And uh, so, uh, but so, but we can't talk about it officially because it hasn't officially happened. Uh, yeah. So, but. Uh, I want to say congrats to you, my friend, and 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 I've, I've enjoyed these last three years working with you doing this podcast. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to have to replace you now. I don't know who I'm going to get to replace you, but I'll find somebody. Um, but yeah. it's been a blast, man, working with you.
0: Oh, it's been tremendous. Uh, I, I remember coming to you with this and asking you to help me out with it. and It's been three really, really good years. I think we've done a very good job given the perspective about Clemson football and our thoughts about it. And hopefully we talk people about the game and the inside stuff that you should look at. It was great, man. It was a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. We kind of went off script a couple of times Mm -hmm. talking about everything from Batman to dating, but (laughs) I I thought it was a lot of fun and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it, but I'm looking so forward to the next opportunity. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, it, it's gonna be great. And um like I said, it'll be it'll be announced to Clemson here pretty soon and uh officially, but uh uh just wanted to you know put that out there that we, we're gonna miss you. Enjoyed working with you these last week. and we started during COVID. That's we uh did. <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> that's craziness, right?
1: It did. We started with COVID and we were doing the uh, Zoom stuff before anybody and and like this thing before anybody started doing all that. We were doing it this way. And, um, you know, so we we were kind of started off that way. A a crazy first year, uh, first season. And now uh, we're in our fourth season here this year, wrapping it up. And man, it's been fun. We've seen Clemson in the college football playoff. We've seen them playing in the Orange Bowl gone mm-hmm. through some ups and downs and through the transfer portal and NIL era. Um, it's been an interesting uh, couple of years for us doing this show with all these mm-hmm. things going on. And ironically, we're going to talk about all that tonight.
0: <laughs> I know, man. It it never ends with us. I mean, such great stories, and I'm just looking forward to um, talking today, man. I, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to really miss you.
1: Yeah, well... Good news is me and you'll see each other. They won't see us on the podcast, but right. me and you'll see yeah. each
0: other a lot. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll be doing some lunch or whatever like that. hanging right. out. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I'm going to miss just doing this podcast. It was something that I always look forward to. And the thing was we were really increasing our network. I mean, we were really mm-hmm. climbing up there. So man, but this opportunity was too good for me to pass on.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I understand it as you know, and, um, but uh, anyway, uh, we'll get with it tonight and get the show going. And we want to, uh, first of all, thank our sponsors. Of course, you can see it scrolling down there at the bottom, the Clemson Insider. your the most complete coverage of Clemson athletics and recruiting. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, Robert uh, McRae, the publisher, my boss over at the Clemson Insider, for giving us this platform each and every week to do the show on on Twitter, on Facebook, and on the YouTube channel. And if you're on the YouTube channel, please subscribe and like uh, this podcast and subscribe to the Clemson Inside YouTube channel. We would appreciate it, as always. Um, Also want to thank our good friends over at Tippet Pack Sports Grill, 215 Pelham Road in Greenfield, South Carolina. It's the place to be this fall season, and now we're getting ready for bowl season, uh, which starts here probably in the next seven days or so. Um, so tip back sports is the place to go for all the biggest games from around the country, uh, on their mini TVs. They'll have, of course, Clemson's bowl game, the Gator bowl, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. And as well as other games, uh, bowl games from the ACC and the SEC. If it's the NFL you want to back sports girl has all your Sunday games and they are the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Greenville area. Not that right now we're too proud of the Pittsburgh Steelers after what happened last su- Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we're still Steelers. We love them. Um, and uh, But anyway, you can go there, and it's a great Steelers bar. And Tim Cinco and his uh, his family uh, ha- has done a great job with that place. So go over to Tipitack Sports Grill, again, located at the Commons in Pelham. It's open seven days a week. On Monday is Twisted Trivia Night as well as Monday Night Football. Other nights are they have karaoke and live music. Every Saturday, of course, is college football. Um, also now it's designated for college basketballs. So there's college basketball around everywhere. And Sundays are designated for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL. So come on over to Tim, come on over and see Tim Cinco and his team at Tippetback Sports Grill, located at the Commons of Pelham. Tippetback Sports Grill is the place to be for all your college sports action and NFL action this season. Um and then also we want to thank the good folks over at betonline.ag. Bet online um, is the place to be this holiday season. As you get your uh, you get your uh, rolling with NFL, you're we're in full stride with the NBA now. Uh, the NHL is hitting midseason form as well. So go on over to Bet Online. It's your number one source for 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 destination for all your sports wagering information with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for every pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, but Bet Online has information available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. So head on over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code, believe, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that is your promo code is B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and LeVon, we're going to get started mm-hmm. for Clemson news and let's start it off with the Gator Bowl the Tigers are Gator Bowl bound uh, mm-hmm. the football team accepted a bid to play in the Gator Bowl um, against Kentucky uh, they will play the 29th of December in Jacksonville uh, this is Clemson's 10th ever trip to the Gator Bowl, uh, which is the most of any bowl game Clemson has ever played in. Now, well, LeVon, I know you have some very good memories of this bowl game. And you don't want to know what, my friend? Yes. Clemson has not won the Gator Bowl since that game.
0: Right? Well,. We'll, 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 come, we'll come back and win that game, but yeah, that was some great memories for me and my team, especially our defensive side of the ball, playing against Major Harris, who was, at that point, second runner-up to the Heisman Trophy. He was a big deal. People were wondering if we were going to have any kind of plan to stop him, and I'll have to say that we did a pretty good job. Not yeah. stopping him. We did. I say
1: so too. Y'all held well, him under 200 yards total
0: offense. <laughs> so so much to, people still talk about his mother, being on the being on television, really asking for help for her son, because we <laughs> were knocking, we were knocking him around that day.
1: That is a true story. He's telling yes. the truth. She really was on ESPN saying that they need to get her son off the field.
0: <laughs> get, get him out of there. And the funny thing is I met Major Harris because he's from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so I met him later on. And he reminds me that that was the most he ever got a kid ever in a game before. He never saw linebackers as fast as we, as we were. He really thought it was going to be one of those games that – He always does well there, but he said, Man, you guys really showed up and you guys were killing me. So I thought it was kind of funny.
1: Yeah. um, I bet you he's still having nightmares where he wakes up in the middle of the night and says, (gasps) And when (laughs) your wife's like, What's wrong? And he's like, I just saw 44 in orange.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know the thing, but they kind of set it up though. Right. You know, because they kept talking about how good Major Harris was. And, and, we could not stop them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I guess nobody's ever watched Clifton football before. You know, we are not scared of anybody. And you know, the first drive they went down to score, but after that, we pretty much shut them down.
1: They had the uh, that game. was a that was a 90-yard drive on their opening okay right. possession. Uh, Chris Gordaki, I remember had a great punt that, that pinned them deep. And mm-hmm. then um they they just like went right down the field, and we're all sitting there, like I remember, like, oh man, what Mm-hmm. But then after that, I think you guys held them to like 75 yards or something the rest of the game.
0: Right. It, yeah. it
1: was crazy that they did nothing after that. I mean, I don't even I think they had maybe four first downs after that, didn't did get another third down conversion. I mean, right. you guys just just shut them down after that. It was 27 to 7 with the final score. Uh y'all went on to score 27 unanswered points after that. I think you had three or four turnovers. At y'all force, you had like you said, y'all were harassing them the whole day, sacked them several times. Um, it reminded me that this year's game against Georgia Tech sort of reminded me of that game. Right, yeah. You know, tech Uh scored early, went up seven-nothing, right? And then Uh after that, Clemson just dominated it. And yeah, yeah. That quarterback couldn't do nothing.
0: Well, you know, it was a really good game plan. We understood that Major could escape out of the hole, he could find lanes, and we just kind of what we call rush lane. We just kind of stayed in that lane, really didn't go beyond that. And we got some success. Once I got that first sack on him, it was on then. there. Mm-hmm. And that's the story about Chester McLaughlin that he told me, like, I got a sack on him. And I was like, what's up, Chester? He's like, oh, don't worry. I get him. Don't worry. <laughs> and it's kind of like we had this competition between us. And they say, you know, not only does Chet... Sack him, but he makes some fumble and scores a touchdown. We're on the bench and he looks at me, and we just, I just started laughing, man. We just started laughing. But uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And you know what? The next, I, I thought sure that, man, the next year we're going to go to the national championship. Mm-hmm. I thought that. And I, I think a lot of people did as well. It didn't happen, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time that night.
1: Well, the thing – Chester may have got the touchdown in the sack there, but uh, LeVon Kirkland got the trophy. You were you were named the MVP of the bowl game, not just offense and defensive, you were named the overall MVP of that game. Yes,
0: which is surprising. Yes, defensive guy. Yeah.
1: it is. And uh, you just uh, – I remember, man, Major Harris, like that's why I said he's probably still seeing orange number 44 because you were just – you were there everywhere he went, you were there. And you were like, hello, here I am. And there's one hit where he got rid of the ball, but you planted him so far Mm. into the turf. I think there's still an impression on the Mm -hmm. field of the Gator Bowl right now. I still think it's there.
0: Yeah, and the commentator told me that the commentator said that he caught his shoulder pads. I had not the shoulder pads off, (laughs) and I remember that play because he scrambled to his right, and I kind of stayed at home, and then he came back to his left, and he was. I'm like, I know he he sees me, but he didn't see me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill him. In my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to blast him. I am going to give it to him. And he throws the ball, and I, I mean, I blasted him. I think that's the hardest he ever got hit ever in his college career.
1: Yeah. And I remember coming
0: to the sideline, and Wayne Simmons is the first one that's celebrating. He is the first one that celebrated them. Um, we just had a good night. We had a really good night. It's a lot of fun. I, I still remember that game, but yes, I remember getting that trophy and and I was thinking to myself, how am I going to take this trophy back home? Yeah, you know, like this trophy is huge. It was huge, and I remember putting it in my parents' home, and I, I just remember staring at it. But I saw it. You know, we did this dinner, and I saw the trophy, and I was just like, I'm going to take that trophy home. I did. I was like, I'm, I'm going to take that trophy home with me. And sure enough, it came true, and uh, a lot of great members. It just shows that
1: saying, and you hear coaches say it all the time, Dabo's notorious for saying it. If you envision it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you believe it, it'll come true. But oh, you yeah, no got question. to see it first. You got to yes. see it before it happens that, hey, I'm going to do this. That's kind of what you did there. You're like, I'm going to get that trophy.
0: Yeah, and, you know, they kept talking about Major and how good he was. And if you know anything about me, I am a major competitor. I I know people say that all the time. I won't admit a lot of times that I'm a competitor. I won't even admit. it. I'll be like, oh, okay, whatever. But deep down inside of me, my mother comes out, Helen Kirkland, and she was very competitive. (laughs) They had a lot of spirit and a lot of fight. Mm -hmm. And so it comes out. Especially when someone is like telling me how good someone else is, is, especially in the game of football. I'm like, hey, man, hey, I can hold, we can hold our own. And I was talking about for the whole team, I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. You know, everybody's like, oh, what are you going to do about Major? Uh, Major Harris, this. And, and I was like, oh, okay, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, my guys proved me right, man. They had some great teammates and they got after it. We got after it.
1: It was a glorious night. It was. Um, and Sunday was a glorious day for Clemson because Clemson's getting this Gator Bowl berth, LeVon. And I'll be honest, including yours truly, I had Clemson going to the Holiday Bowl. And, and, I think and, everybody and, did. Yes. yes. And, and so um, I asked um, some folks over at Clemson what changed, and I was told that uh, the Tigers flexed their muscle. <laughs> and, so, um, and that's how they got the gator bowl bit now there's a lot of background that goes onto this it was crazy man we we wow. have it on our insider report on the clemson insider uh yesterday and so like okay first of all you know all this after the new year six bowls were all released and all and louisville's not in it that means it changed a lot like the whole thing because a lot of people thought louisville would at least get a new year six bowl but they didn't. And so they uh that changed the whole dynamic of the ACC pecking order at that time. And Clemson, of course, was slotted by the way the bowl games go, generally because of, you know, the Holiday Bowl had already had North Carolina and NC State the previous two years. So, you know, obviously they didn't want those two teams again. And I understand that. The bowl game doesn't want to have similar people that they can get somebody new in. So the Holiday Bowl was eyeing Clemson. There was talk about – uh you know, if, if a Big Ten team didn't go, uh, uh went to the Orange Bowl, then the Reliquest Bowl in Orlando would get an ACC team that was supposed to go to Notre Dame. Well, Georgia, because Florida State didn't make the playoffs, they put Georgia and Florida State in the Orange Bowl. Mm. That means that the Big Ten got its, got its spot back in the Reliquest Bowl. So Notre Dame didn't have a home. So, um, there was some fight there because people wanted Notre Dame and Clemson and nobody wanted Louisville. And the ACC is like, no, 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 no. We cannot have our runner-up in the conference falling to a second-tier bowl. And they're kind of relaying this to the information to the bowl teams. And the bowl teams are like, well, we want Notre Dame. We want Clemson. And, you know, so it, it sort of like was kind of going that way. Well, the Gator Bowl didn't want Notre Dame because they had Notre Dame last year. So the Gator Bowl, seeing Clemson's in the play, they're like, okay, we, we, we want Clemson. And, and I talked to the people at the Gator Bowl, the Georgia Tech weekend, and um, the, the lady that was representing the Gator Bowl, I asked her about it, and I said, if Clemson is there, what do you, would you guys take them? She says, I guarantee you, if Clemson falls to us, Clemson is not falling past us. Ooh. She's like, we're taking Clemson, and that is going to happen if they're there. But they didn't think they'd be there because they think the Holiday Bowl would get them because the Holiday Bowl slotted ahead of them. They got the pick first. The Pop-Tart Bowl gets the pick first. Well, the Pop-Tart Bowl didn't want Clemson because Clemson had just been there two years ago. Right. So it, what, what was Cheez-It Bowl then? So you had this whole dynamics going. And so Notre Dame is sitting there. And I think the Pop-Tart Bowl wanted Notre Dame, but the ACC was like, no, you're not going to take Notre Dame over our runner-up. The Holiday Bowl's like, well, we want Clemson. You know, or we want Notre Dame, and 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 you know, that way they have. I mean, excuse me, they want Clemson, not Notre Dame, because Notre Dame and Southern Cal, Southern Cal's the other team in that game. They didn't want the rematch because they just played right. earlier this season. So, mm-hmm. like, so the, the Holiday Bowl's like, no, the Gator Bowl's like, no, we don't want Notre Dame. So, neither one of those bowls wanted Notre Dame, and the ACC's telling the Pop Tart Bowl, you can't have Notre Dame. You know, and so basically it came down to there was an agreement, I think, made, you know, I don't know this. I can't say for certain because I wasn't in the room or what happened. But Mm -hmm. what I understand, basically, it it worked out to where uh, the Holiday Bowl was like, okay, they'll take Louisville. okay, And, you know, NC State will go to uh, because what basically came down to this, the Pop-Tart Bowl didn't want Louisville and. They're like, well, okay, if you don't take Louisville, you got to take NC State because we're not having our second and third-place teams fall because, you know, NC State, they wanted the Gator Bowl. The Gator Bowl wanted NC State. If they couldn't get Clemson, that's what was going to happen. And so basically it came down to where the Holiday Bowl was sort of like, okay, we'll take Louisville because we don't want another – we don't want a rematch game. So we'll take Louisville. NC State took – I mean, the Pop-Tart Bowl took NC State, and that left Clemson sitting there with the Gator Bowl – And uh, Clemson kind of like – the Gator Bowl stood its ground and said, no, we're taking Clemson if they're available. We're not taking anybody else. We're not taking Louisville. The Gator Bowl will not budge. And so they all worked out a deal. Somehow it worked out, and and Clemson got the Gator Bowl. And good for Clemson. Good for me because I really didn't feel like traveling on the 26th flying, which is the Mm -hmm. worst because the game's on the 27th. So I would have to – thought on the 29th. The game's on the 29th? The Gator Bowl's the 29th. Uh, the, hol- the holiday bowl's on the twenty seventh. Twenty
0: seven, yes, right. So
1: I was gonna have to leave on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas mm-hmm. to go to San Diego. Right. That's the worst time to travel.
0: The it's worst time. The
1: worst time to fly. And so mm-hmm. I was dreaded, man. I was just like, man, I was so happy, and I'm glad the drama with the ACC. The ACC didn't get all their bowl slots, Levon, until like it was almost seven o'clock before all the bowl games were announced for the ACC. It took them that long, wow. even after Clemson the Gator Bowl picked up Clemson. It was like another hour or so before North Carolina and um, all those teams found their – Virginia Tech and all them found their bowl slots. I mean, it was – it just – Notre Dame fell to the Sun Bowl. <laughs> wow.
0: Notre is Dame. The not, Sun Bowl is played in Arizona. Am I correct?
1: Yes. No, no. It's played in El Paso, Texas. Oh, El
0: Paso, Texas. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they fell to the Sun Bowl, um, which – Oh. Nobody had Notre Dame going to Sun Bowl. I mean, none, Notre Dame was nine and three. I think they finished in the top fifteen of the college football playoff poll, and they fell all the way to the Sun Bowl, which is a second tier bowl game of the ACC. So the ACC, I will give credit, took care of its ACC schools first, and then said Notre Dame. Then you, that's where you're going, Notre Dame. But they made sure Notre Dame wasn't going to take Louisville slot or Clemson slot, and, and so good, good for good for the ACC. And for that, and then also good for Clemson for kind of flexing its muscles and the Gator Bowl flexing its muscles, too.
0: (laughs) And, you know, now the fans is not that far as far as traveling is concerned. You know, it's not on Christmas Day or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I imagine that it's going to be a great turnout. The game is on that Friday. I am going to look forward to seeing a lot of Clemson people there. So I think it's it's fantastic that we're going to the Gator Bowl. And I – I'll probably get a chance to go to the Gator Bowl, see it, and remember all those good times that we had.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be
0: great. great.
1: It, it is going to be great, man. I, I I enjoy the Gator Bowl. Uh, I got family down there, so obviously that's big for me mm-hmm. there. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed that game. I enjoy the area. Um, it's, it's historic for Clemson. A lot of Clemson's fondest moments in history. Um, happened in Jacksonville starting 1948. You know, Clemson went undefeated, completed their undefeated season, beat Missouri in the Gator Bowl to complete that season and finish in the top 10 for the first time ever in school history. Um, you know, then the uh, obviously the game a lot of people remember is the 1978 Gator Bowl with Woody Hayes. Yes uh Woody. punched uh, Charlie Bauman. Clemson defensive tackle Charlie Bauman after Bauman intercepted the pass from Arch I
0: actually the- saw that play when it had when it happened and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe a coach was punching a play.
1: Yeah. It was nuts. I remember it too <laughs> as a kid. And um it was it was crazy to watch that he picked him up and then just took a swing. And the best part about that about it when you watch it live is mm-hmm. um uh, uh, ABC's Keith Jackson and I think it was uh, Eric Parsigan, I believe, or so I can't. Maybe it wasn't Eric Parsigan. I think it was though. They mm-hmm. were talking about it and they were like, you know, like they were talking about the game still. Like they didn't even see the punch thrown. It like Keith Jackson's like, yeah, there's a little brawl going on down there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I'm like. Dude, it's not a brawl. The coach just punched the Clemson player. <laughs> you know, uh, so that obviously was a big memory. Um, 1986 um, Gator mm-hmm. Bowl win for Clemson. There, get Stanford up 27 nothing at halftime, and then had to hold Stanford off there right. at the end because Stanford made a great comeback. Clemson ends up winning 27 21. That was a great game, and then um, and then of course your Gator Bowl victory. There, um that was awesome mm-hmm. to do, and I covered the 2008 Gator Bowl. um So that was uh that was a good game between Clemson and Nebraska. That was our first meeting right. '81 Orange Bowl, '82 Orange Bowl. Nebraska ended up winning 26-21, but it was a great game, of the like, defensive game, and Adama Kinsue just like was so dominant. Clemson could not block him. Man, he was could so not good.
0: block him at all. Mm-mm. So yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember that game. Yeah, I was like, this kid is going to be first pick. No question
1: about it. Exactly. Now, there I was one.
0: They could, they could even triple team him. They, they <laughs> could do nothing with
1: him. No, he was one. Of the, look, Dominic kisu was that year. I thought, you know, he should have probably been. To me, he should have won the Heisman. He was the best player in college football, I thought, that year. I can't remember yeah. who won it. And that tells you, like, that tells you, right, who who won it in 2009. I can't remember. Mm. But Dominic, I can remember Dominic kisu Right, but I can't tell you who won the Heisman Trophy that year. I'm sure it was, it was somebody almost, really good, but I can't remember. Like when,
0: it was almost like when Hugh Green from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. almost won the Heisman. That's kind of how I felt about Stu. I was like, man, he he could possibly win it, but he didn't. But, yeah, you're right. I don't even remember the guy who won it.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I know C.J. Spiller got snubbed um, that year. He should have gone to New York. Um, C.J. was so electric that year. It was amazing. He finished. Yeah. C.J. finished sixth in the Heisman Trophy Ballad in that year. And then um, Tim Tebow, I think he finished like fourth or so. He got invited, which surprised everybody because Tim Tebow didn't have that great of a year, mm-hmm. um, but he still got invited to the, to New York, and that kind of surprised a lot of people. But, you know, he won yep. the Heisman. I get it, you know. Yeah. You know SEC so.
0: as well.
1: Well, we're going to get to that in a second. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, I guess we, we'll we just go ahead and go there. How about Let's that? Let's do it. Let's Let, do we'll, it. And then we'll get back to the news, uh, the rest of the Eclipse of News, but we'll we'll go there. Lavon is referring to the fact that um, the ACC champion who went undefeated got left out of the college football playoff to a team – Lost by double digits at home to Texas. Now, Texas is in the college football playoff, and yes, Alabama beat Georgia, but Florida State went undefeated. And I know there's some people out there, but hold on, Will. They lost their quarterback. You know, they're not that good. That's bull crap. The game is about results. The game isn't about who you think are the best teams. When you know for a fact one team's undefeated and the other's not, the other team had the, the team that's undefeated had the better year. Hmm. And, and and everybody's like, well, if Alabama played Florida State, they would beat Florida State. Bull crap on that too. You know why? Because I saw five and seven Auburn nearly beat, should have beaten Alabama the week yeah. before. I saw an Arkansas team that uh, that was five and seven almost beat Alabama this year, and I saw a horrible South Florida team had Alabama tied three to three going into the fourth quarter. So don't come at me saying like Alabama would just dominate. Them. No, Alabama beat Georgia. Give them credit. Alabama won the SEC. Give them credit. But you know oh, what, yeah. guys? The yeah. ACC was a better conference this year than the SEC. If you don't believe me, go look at the head-to-head matchups. There were mm-hmm. six and four of the Power Five conferences. The SEC had the worst record against non-conference Power Five opponents. Take that to the bank. Nebraska, excuse me, Alabama has no right being number four. And being in the playoff, they robbed Florida State. And they did because the college football playoff committee is a bunch of cowards. I called it out. Bo Corrigan, you're at NC State. It's on you, too. You didn't take up for your conference. You should have fought for Florida
0: State. Uh, There's it, no question about it. And I felt so bad for Florida State. And, and trust me, I'm no Florida State fan at all. Neither am I. But I felt for those kids. I did, too. The whole time. And those coaches and players. with 12-0. Lost their quarterback. Still went to Florida and or played Florida, won that game, won the ACC championship, and you tell me that those guys are not deserving to play in the you know for the national championship. I thought it was wrong, but that's what happens when you have a committee that really seem like they're played by their own rules. Mm-hmm. It's about the eye test, and I get it. Okay, it's the eye test. We want to put who we think is best for the playoffs but it's winning gotta mean something right i mean every playoff scenario that i've ever been in the winning the winning thing has something to do with it your record has something to do with it and normally the best the team that has the best record is definitely going to get a slot in a playoff or going to get home field advantage or maybe a home field but you telling me a team that goes twelve and zero in a Power Five conference? It's just like, oh well, your quarterback is not playing, so we foresee it not being a good game. So therefore, we're going to not even vote you guys in.
1: Mm-hmm. Bullcrap. I,
0: I, I would have been. I, I would have been living. I mean, I don't see how Florida State is keeping this voice. I would have went off. I'm I'm telling you, I think I would have went off, and I think I would let the committee know how I totally felt about it. And I would have – I can understand if Florida State doesn't want to go to the Orange Bowl. I I, I would totally get it. But I felt so bad for those kids because they played their hearts out. And the game is always decided on the field. Okay, you may think like, oh, this team looks better. Is that the case? A lot of NFL teams who are playing well down the road are at the end of the season would have been in the playoffs according to the committee. Oh, they look good. They look way better than this team that's swelling up. Yeah, it's a tragedy. It, it, I mean, it's just a shame, really. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that this happened. I, I just, again, if I'm Florida State or if you're a team, especially if you're a kid, you want to know, like, what else could you do? Because we did everything right. We did everything right. We did what we supposed to do, and we get punished for. It.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and,
0: and another team jumps up four. I mean, they jumped up four spots. Yeah. What?
1: And Florida State dropped.
0: In what world are we living in? This must be the uh, you know the multiverse. We must be living in the multiverse.
1: Yeah. Well, this is two times now in the last uh, eight months or so where results, what happened on the playing field, doesn't matter. And I go and I point to Exhibit A, the Clemson men's basketball team. They should have went to the NCAA tournament last year. They beat Pittsburgh head-to-head at Pitt and won. They beat NC State three times.
0: Not only All beat, three
1: by twenty plus points.
0: Eventually, beat their butts
1: and got left out. Those teams got in. Clemson didn't, and I'm like, what happened to what happened to result? They're like, well, they had better losses. Which, since wind was a loss, good. I have never heard that's the stupidest argument I've ever heard in my life. And they're like, well, you know, Alabama played. They played Texas, who finished number three, so they had the best loss of anybody. Also, uh, so a loss trumps any win. Right. So so because you're punishing Florida State because they beat Louisville. So because they beat Louisville in a championship game, a good Louisville team, a top 15 team, they right. beat them in the championship game, you're punishing them for that win. Since when did that start happening? I don't understand that we – we we give, we reward losses now.
0: You know, it's just like listening to people who are fans on social media talk about football. And some of them make no sense whatsoever. They're, they're emotional, they're talking out of their head. And it seemed how the committee was. It was like they're trying to predict or trying to sell you. Are trying to tell you you're not seeing what you're seeing. You know, we're we're trying to play a trick on you. We're doing the Kansas City sh- shuffle. Uh, yeah, you don't see Florida State winning really going 12. No, that's not true. That doesn't matter. Look what Alabama did. Although, <laughs> like, look at my left hand while my right hand is doing something else. Exactly. And it doesn't make any sense. And And I'm glad next year we have more teams in the playoffs. We should have done it years ago, but this makes no sense. And this is what happens when you put a bunch of people in the room and you don't give them any rules. You let them do whatever they want to do. And when they do that, they're going to play favors. They're going to sway one side or the other. And who knows? They might have got a bag or two. You know, and, who knows?
1: Yeah, because I guarantee you the ESPN I, – I'm sorry. I know it. And, and we're going to get to the ACC part of this in a second. But I know that uh, uh, the SEC and Greg Sankey played a big role in this because they were – first of all, they started last week, they started their propaganda. If Alabama were to win, Alabama should get in. And it's like because if Georgia won, Florida State's in. Like, there's no right. argument, right? And Florida State's in. But there, this whole thing is going on that they started a week oh. ago. And, and and it's like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is even in the conversation. And you're right. I think something happened backdoor because ESPN is like, we can't have a college football playoff without the SEC in it. And if you don't think ESPN was whispering in their ear, you are wrong. And I'm telling you, they were. And it's what happened because if this was the other way around, if it was Alabama that was undefeated and playing with their third-string quarterback to win a conference championship, Alabama's in the damn playoff. And you can mark it down. They are in there if you flip it over. If you flip it over, they're in there. Florida State has no chance in that scenario of getting in. And it's just like this is a bunch of bull crap. The SEC cowered to ESPN. I I mean, excuse me, the uh, college football playoff cowered to ESPN and the SEC. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave them this, and they used Jordan Travis's broken leg as an excuse to get away with it. When 2014, doggone Ohio State got in with, after losing to Virginia Tech to start the season. Ohio State got in with their third-string quarterback. Now, they went on to win the national championship, but they – you so you've done it before where you let a team go get in. so And you said, oh – Yeah, but that's different. We don't know. No, it's not different. Ohio State was playing like Florida State. They were dominating people. They were winning however they won, and they went on to win a national championship, and they proved you right. You could have been proven right in this one. I'm sorry. Alabama is not going to win the national championship. I've watched that Alabama team play. They are not a top-four team. They have no business being in there, and, yes, they beat Georgia. You know why Alabama beat Georgia? Because Georgia beat Georgia.
0: Yeah, and Georgia couldn't stop and run to save their lives.
1: They couldn't. They couldn't. I give Alabama credit there. They did. Look, they Nick Saban coached his off. team. They played well in that game. I'm not taking that away from them. But yeah. they have no business being in the playoff.
0: Well, it was just like, you know, I made an argument a while back about when Alabama got into the national championship one year. And I was like, Nick Saban came on the show, Uh I guess, college game day. And he basically just did a speech and they just all bought into it and say, yeah, Alabama deserves to be in the national championship. And it, it, it's just totally wrong. It, it was wrong. I, like I said, at one time, I didn't really believe in conspiracy theories, but I did. <laughs> I watched that that series they had on that NBA referee that mm-hmm. cheated. Mm-hmm. And he was telling us about how he cheated. Yep. And at one point in time, I was like, no, you know, the game is always fair, you know, that's just how it balances. But man, this, this is ugly. It, it looks so bad for the committee. They need to get rid of the committee if they're gonna if they're gonna choose like that, and they're gonna choose their favorites, and they're gonna choose people that, and they're gonna try to predict to you who's gonna win a championship game when it's not even played yet. How can you do that? How can you say that Florida State? who went undefeated, deserves to be there, how are you going to say, well, they're not going to win? They don't deserve to be there. But they're 12-0. They they won their conference. They did everything you're supposed to do. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, well, they don't have a chance against this team or this team or this team.
1: Yeah. I heard people say, we don't want a repeat of what happened with Georgia and TCU last year. I'm like, stop using that as an excuse. That was a championship game. TCU went up there and beat Michigan. So stop using that as an excuse. My goodness.
0: And what does last year have to do with this year? Yeah.
1: It got nothing to do with that. It's a different team. And it's two different teams, different year. I mean, what are you talking about? Why are you even bringing that up, Stephen A. Smith? I'm talking to you because you're the one that keeps saying that.
0: The game should always be played on the field. The game Mm -hmm. should always be – I'm sorry. The game should always be decided on on the the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the right way to do it. That's the best way to do it. And if Florida State loses, okay, they lost, but they deserve to be there. Okay, what other like in the NFL, your record has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. What you did during the season, your resume has something to do with you being in the playoffs. Now, when you get to the playoffs, it's another season, and if you lose, you lose, but. You deserve to be there at least.
1: Right. You know you at least earned it and you and you fought your way there. And it's just, I mean I don't get when you look at the you look at the history of the college football playoff, it's clear that they consider the Big Ten and the SEC different than everybody else. And here's why. First example in the first year of the playoff, TCU and um Baylor were battling to get in the playoffs. And I think TCU was like number three or four at the time. Um, In the playoff, they both were three and four. And Ohio State jumped both of them. Now, And the reason they were jumped, according to the committee, was because they didn't have a conference championship game. Okay, there's one. So we can't put a team in who didn't play that extra data point they set. Okay, fast forward the very next year. No, yeah, the very next year, LeVon, the second year, Ohio State gets into the playoff without winning the Big Ten. Mm. Ohio State didn't even play for the Big Ten championship. Ohio State got in again. Clemson, of course, beat the snot out of them in the the Fiesta Bowl that year. But Ohio State got in, though, with what the reason why TCU TCU and Baylor couldn't get in the year before, okay, Mm. because they didn't play in a conference championship game. They didn't have that extra data point. Then the very next year after that, Alabama gets into the college football playoff, even though they didn't win their division and play for an SEC championship. Yeah. And they got into the college football. Now, did Alabama go win the national championship that year? They did. But, again, favoritism toward the Big Ten, favoritism toward the SEC. That's two examples for the Big Ten, one for the SEC. And then this year, you got the SEC getting it again. So the Big Ten and the SEC are the favorites of the college football playoff committee – they have to make sure those guys are there. They're in the playoff. They're in the playoffs, and it's a bunch of bullcrap. It's a bunch of politics, and somebody needs to fix this before next year because next year we're going to end up having a Big Ten SEC challenge in the playoffs. Yeah, Nobody else gonna is going to be. be allowed to
0: play. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, and you know, it's like the committee is like. I don't know if you ever watched soap operas back in the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Okay, and my mom soap loved opers. them.
0: Soap <laughs> opera's were so bold and they thought that their audience would fall for anything that they would have like a kid that's five years old. Two weeks later, he's like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, this is Nicholas uh Newman. The kid was like five years old two weeks ago. Now he's a teenager. Huh? Uh-huh. That's how the community treats us fans. They treat us like we don't even know better. Or right, they'll say like, one person plays a part, they've been playing it for years, and they're just Um, Tonight, Nikki Hayes is playing Erica. That's not Erica. Yes, it is. <laughs> we said it is. We said it is. <laughs> In this year's Playoff run, Florida State will be replaced by Alabama. But wait a second. Florida State won all their games. Alabama didn't win all their games. What, what? Again, Florida State is not as good as Alabama, although they won all their games. The ACC, what they're really saying is, well, we don't really respect the ACC, no matter if the ACC this year head-to-head has more victories than losses against the SEC. We're still going to pull it over your head that the SEC is better. It just means more. And we don't really care for the state. If you beat Clemson at home, you win all these games, despite losing your quarterback, you're not deserving. Alabama will be playing a part of Florida state in the (laughs) playoffs.
1: Yeah, it is. And listen, remember earlier I said – I went back and I I was talking about how it it all started last week. SEC started hyping. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, the SEC and Sankey started hyping the propaganda machine, and so did Nick Saban just saying it would be a travesty if the SEC doesn't get into the college football playoff. It would be just wrong – it's wrong that if they don't get in there. It shouldn't even be played if the SEC is not in it. All this stuff they were going. And first of all, I'm going to go ahead and say – Obviously, it worked. The SEC knows what they're doing. And here's where I have a problem with Commissioner Jim Phillips and the ACC. They continue to let the SEC take their car, hit them, run over them, then put it in reverse and back over them again, and then put it back in drive and run over them again, and you get where I'm going. It just goes back and forth, back and forth. They've been doing this for decades. They continue to do it, and the commissioner for the – Jim Phillips needs to stop letting Greg Sankey run all over him. He needs mm. to go all Dean Smith and and um, uh, former Clemson basketball coach uh, – it's escaping my head right now. Uh, when Dean Smith tried to run all over Clemson back in the early – mid-90s and uh, Rick Barnes. Rick, Rick Barnes would stand up to Dean Smith and say, I don't care who you are. You're not going to come in here. You're not going to be talk, talking to my player like that. Don't you ever touch my player again, or we're going to fight. Jim Phillips needs to get in Greg Sankey's face, put his finger right up to his nose like this, and just say, no, you're not getting in. Our team's better than your team. We're going to get in the playoffs. We deserve to get in. But he didn't. He sat quiet while the SEC's doing all their propaganda. You know, and, and Jim Phillips has got his own network to where he can start this. He can go on Sirius XM College Radio and do it. He can get on these other platforms and start saying it. He could tell the media, hey, we better not get left out. If Florida State gets left out, blah, blah, blah is going to happen. You know, he waited till after it already happened before he responded. It, it, it It's, again, Jim Phillips and the ACC just sitting there allowing it, it this the Greg ACC, Sankey to run all the, over him.
0: It makes the ACC look soft. It does. It makes it look soft. and it's a conference that I played in, a conference I love, great tradition. And we just lost a case where we should have definitely won. 12 and 0 ACC champions. Why are you not in the playoff run? They must have got like Madlock or somebody that, <laughs> that do these cases. I swear. They were banging on the table, they didn't have the facts or the law. They just they just banged on the table Alabama did or the FTC did and they got in. hmm And we got all these talking heads that talking that are agreeing. Well, I think the committee got it right. No, they didn't. They didn't get it right. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, those are the four best teams. Well, how do you know that? Right. And how to tell you how how do you know if those teams, if you don't put Florida State in there, who deserves to be in there? to play, you're going to tell me that, oh, yeah, the committee got it right. They got it right. But who's
1: telling us that? You got SEC um, um, uh, Redhead, what's his name, um, Greg McElroy telling right. you that. You got Big Ten Kirk Herbstreit telling you that. You got Big Ten Joey Galloway telling you that. You got SEC Rich, um, um, the host of uh, the college football playoff. Uh, man, name's staping me right now. You got him telling you that, and you got, um, and then you got Booger McFarland at LSU SEC telling you. But hold on, before I get too far, Booger at least took up. He said Florida State deserved to be in. So I'm not going to get Booger. he that. did. He did but but he was the only one when everyone else is saying that they they got it right. And, and again, it was ace it was Big Ten and SEC homers on that panel. Not one person represented the ACC. When hold on for a second. The ACC's got its home network. Was Eric McLean ever brought on to talk about this? Was EJ Manuel ever brought on to talk about this? You know, was Mark Rick brought on to talk about this? Um, or, Or Eddie Royal? You know, these are the ACC people that work the ACC network. And if I'm Jim Phillips, I'm calling ESPN. I'm like, why the hell is it my guy on your major network taking up for our team, for our network and our school? That should yeah. have been in. Why? Why aren't we getting to argue? We're hearing everybody else's argument, but we're not hearing our own. And and, and again, it, it's a, it's that's Jim quote. Phillips not throwing his put putting his foot down.
0: It's a, and it's the same people who are telling us that the committee got it right. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're saying majority rules. And we got enough people to tell the tell the people that are listening to the program mm-hmm. that that we got it right, that the committee got it right. Then everybody will start believing. it.
1: Reese Davis, by the way. Sorry.
0: Yes, they. <laughs> Thank they, you, Scott. They, there's no way to get. It. I've been, I've been, I've been playing football for you know 20 years, talking about it forever. You can't fool me like that. You can't pull the wool over my eye and tell me that a team that's 12 and 0, that's won its conference, in a power five, did everything they could, everything they did. They, they, if they were so bad, they would have lost to Florida. They would have lost cool. to Louisville. They would have been out of it. But those guys, those kids stuck around. All the values and all the life lessons you talk about as far as football is concerned, they did all of that and more and won it. They beat Louisville in the rain. And Sunday morning, they get hope. And Sunday morning, they're waiting for the good news, and they get bad news. It's like news that you know is going to go with. Like, oh, yeah, we. there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> They can hold this. There's no way they can do this
1: to us, and they do it anyway. It's, it's it's almost criminal. And why is Paul Feinbaum allowed to go on there and say everything he wants to say and criticize the ACC and Florida State, and Clemson, and and he says, oh, it's you know he's it's ridiculous outrage that people are outraged. Like they shouldn't be outraged. They're just it's fake outrage, basically. And I'm like, dude, who are you? You would be the very one if Alabama got left out. That would be having exactly. a cow. And you would get to do that because they would put you on every doggone channel. But yet Mark Packer, who's got great opinions and is three times the journalist and radio host that you'll ever be, and that's a fact, Jack. Yeah, he it is. isn't he isn't allowed to go over there to the major network and put out his opinion because they won't let him. Because right. you know why? Because he doesn't have the SEC. Because the SEC puts more. They got they got the bigger contract deal. There's more invested in the SEC. Oh and I'm God, calling it what more. it is. You're in bed more. with the SEC ESPN. And that it is why exactly. all this happened. And that's why the ACC has no voice. And Jim Phillips and the ACC need to get their crack ass out of the ESPN and go somewhere else and stop doing this crap. That's what I'm saying.
0: I mean, have some heart. Have some courage. Yes. To do, to do the right thing.
1: Jim Phillips needs to call the SEC and say, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get out of our contract and we're leaving the ESPN and we're going to go to another network. Whether he can do it or not, he needs to start, like, saying he's going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, put your foot down and start saying, you know what? I'm going to find a way to get out of this doggone contract with you and I'm tired of your crap
0: and we're not going to be on
1: your network anymore because your network is totally sleeping with the
0: SEC. It's a terrible thing. It really is, man, and like I said – I'm no Florida State fan at all. At all. But you got to feel for them. If you're a human being, that's just not, it's not right. It's not fair. And they hold those kids because they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they wanted a certain conference to get in. They want a certain conference to get in.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: like I said, like, man. You would hate to think that things like this happen in sports, but it does. It, it really does. It, and that's the same because I always thought that sports was fair. You, you didn't want to think that people would throw games, but they do. Yep. And committees get it wrong. I don't mm-hmm. care how many people on that station that's telling you, oh, well, the, the, the committee got it right. <laughs> oh, yeah, the committee got it right. Did they? Really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. The committee got it right. Yeah. Let's put some good-looking people to say that the committee got it right, unless as people who have better common sense say, so, "Oh, by the way, yeah, they did get it right."
1: <laughs> no anyway well uh you know we're bad obviously you saw how fired up i am about it. i've been waiting a couple days to get all that out levon so thanks I, buddy saw,
0: them,
1: yeah i'm fired, i was fired up about it. i'm and I, i'm with you i'm not a big florida state fan or nothing but i'm for the young people getting an opportunity yeah. to finish what they started and i saw how hurt mike nervell and his team was on that tv and they were devastated and it wasn't right and this, you know, like, again, Paul Feinbaum, kiss my butt, dude. There ain't no such thing as fake outrage. People are upset about this, and you would be if your Alabama Crimson Tide was left out of it, too, and you know you would. So, um, you know, stay over there on the SEC Network and, and, and pump out your propaganda. That's all I got to say. Um, we're going to switch, though, to uh, some other news, and we got new news on the new assistant coaches at Clemson. Um, it did take long for Coach Sweeney to find replacements for the departed Thomas Austin and Lemanski Hall. Coach Sweeney let them go last Thursday. On Monday, the Clemson Board of Trustees uh, officially approved the contracts for uh, Matt Luke, the former old Miss head coach, to be Clemson's new offensive line coach, and for Chris Rump to be Clemson's new defensive end coach. And, of course, if you remember, Co- Co- Coach Rump was, um, uh, was at Clemson from 2006 to 2010 and was actually – a colleague of Dabo's on Tommy Bowden's staff. Mm-hmm. And then as they were on the same staff together and then was on Dabo's staff, first two years, Coach Sweeney was the head coach here. Um, and he helped Coach Sweeney get the job uh, when he was the interim. So um, Dabo kind of brought in, LaVon, I want to get your opinions because I thought these were two great hires.
0: Great hires. Chris Rump is uh, absolutely Absolutely a great defensive mind guy I can coach that defensive ends. Um with him and uh Nick Easton, I expect that our young defense is gonna be dynamic. That they're gonna really bring some heat. Especially if everything goes well, nobody gets hurt or whatever like that. They're going Chris is gonna develop, guys, and they're gonna get better and better. And I I read about the offensive line coach, and I'm psyched. Mm-hmm. Me too. I, I, I am like yes I think that our offensive line is going to be better for this and as a program that's what you want to do you want to grow you don't want to ever see anybody get fired or lose their job it's not like that but it has to continue to grow and I think these are two especially good hires and I'm looking forward to seeing the developments of, uh, of our players
1: Yeah, first of all, great hires, and then when you look at the recruiting trail, these two guys are some of the top recruiters in the last 15 years, okay? And that is where Clemson has lacked at those areas. And Mm -hmm. Nick Easton has done a great job recruiting defensive tackles and getting guys in, and um, Nick has been unbelievable. Now you take Nick, who's one of the top recruiters, in the country, and you put him with Chris Rump, who's one of the top recruiters in the country, on the defensive line, and I'm telling you, you're going to see Clemson get the benefits of that. Those two guys are going to kill it. Then you add their coaching into it, and it's going to be awesome. And then when you look at uh, Matt Luke, he was he's notorious for how well he recruited at Ole Miss, especially on the offensive line. He's He's notorious for how well he recruited at Georgia. On the was, he, was he the head coach at one
0: time?
1: He was the head coach there back in – um That's right after was, right yeah, after I all that, that mess happened with the who, huge who, who trees. And yeah. so this is a guy who can recruit. He can recruit at a high level. And then he's also a very talented coach and can coach them up uh, the way they need to be. Nothing against Thomas. Thomas is a friend of mine, and my heart goes out to you, buddy. Um, I, I still think you're going to be a hell of a coach, and you're going to – you know, we might see you back at Clemson uh, one day again. Yeah. Um but, uh, but you got to understand this was a move Clemson needed. They needed the experience factor um, with, these, uh, with these two positions. And um, I think Dabo made the right call and that uh, this is what needed to be done to get Clemson back to where it wants to be, and that's back into the college football playoff and national championship picture. Um, so I thought it was huge. And, um, you know, so uh, good, good news there. By the way, Clemson's not only getting two good coaches, but they're paying for it too. These uh-huh. guys are going to make about uh, at the end of their deals. Both contracts are over three million dollars. or three-year deals that are worth three million dollars? Um, so starting next year, you know, I think uh, Hall's going to make nine hundred seventy-five thousand next year. Um, uh, uh, Rump's going to make nine hundred fifty thousand, and then the next year after that, both are going to make over a million. So mm-hmm. and and, and it, so not not bad money.
0: For yeah, South, so in South Carolina. not bad money at all. Not bad
1: money at all. And um, so, congratulations to both those guys and to Clemson and Davo Sweeney for uh, bringing them in. Uh, I thought that was a a big deal. Um, other news, Clemson news. We need to get to real fast. Transfer portal news, Levon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Clemson's already had lost several players to the transfer portal, including today. They lost safety Andrew Mukuba. Uh, he announced he's going to leave um, Clemson and he entered the portal. Uh, wide receiver Bo Collins is in the portal, as well as um, Hunter Helms, uh, cornerback Toriano Pride, offensive lineman Mitchell Mays, running back Dominique Thomas, and then um, the freshman uh, defensive end. Uh, hold on, it's escaping me here. Let me pull it up. Uh, freshman defensive end, uh, David. Ojibwe, who was um, a guy that they really were excited about, um, LeVon. They were really excited about him and what he could do um, at, at Clemson. Um, and so uh, kind of disappointing that they're not going to have uh, a chance with him, a true freshman in Ojibwe, to, uh, to kind of continue to build him. But he wanted to go, and this is the world we live in. I think one thing the NCAA should definitely change is the uh, one-year rule involving freshmen. Because I think after one year as a true freshman, it's a mistake to transfer. Because I don't think you know yet what you're going to be able to do. I don't think you've had enough time. You've only been on campus a few months. How do you know how you're going to develop? You know, Chris Rump comes in now as your defensive ends coach. How do you know, like, he could – this guy, this guy's top guy, – got a ton of players to the NFL, including Daquan Bowers and Ricky Sapp and Gaines Adams, you know – this guy's got a track record for getting guys in the NFL. He's coached in the NFL. How in the world are you going to leave and not give that guy a chance to coach you up?
0: Well, yeah, I, I think it's really tough. You know, uh, on, on one hand, you understand the player and you, you, his reasons for wanting to play. But I, I think it's always still something about understanding competition and being able to deal with that and being able to develop and grow as a human being, as a person. And that's what it's all about. It is about going through some of the tough things that you have to go through as a college athlete. And I don't know how healthy it is all the time when guys are jumping in and out of the portal. I I would like to see how many guys are still in the portal. How many people get lost in the portal? Mm -hmm. How many people really go off and have great, successful careers when they go to another, another team? it's probably, the odds are probably not that great, you know. But, like I said before, it's uh, it's difficult, and that's the world we live in. I think as a coach, like, you know, you just kind of almost have to accept it and keep moving on and keep moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: also, I think there's, you know, players need to be mentored and players need to be asked the tough questions and, you know, sit and let's think about this because it's so training to go in. It's so yeah. trendy. It's just, that's the thing. This is like when guys can leave early. Guys were leaving early, even though they had no reason to leave early. And if I'm a if I'm a Frenchman, maybe I, you know what, you know, let's give it another try. Let's let's see what happens. But then again, you never know the dynamics of everything, and um, you just try to do your best to make sure those kids are going to be successful. So, um, yeah. I, I see the numbers, but I really feel good about this team and how they're going to play next year. I think it's going to – I think Coach Sweeney's building. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can possibly do. Do the best you possibly can and keep moving.
1: Yeah. The thing that gets me with the transfer portal, like a guy like Andrew McCuba, he's been at Clemson three years. I understand. Uh, I know some of the background of why he's leaving. And I understand it, and I get it for him. Mm-hmm. hes a, He's going to be a senior this year. He's played Clemson three years. I get it with him. I would love to see him finish at Clemson. No doubt. I think he's a heck of a player. I know he loves Clemson. Uh, but there's some other things behind the scenes that uh, I understood him making his decision. What? But he's got a lot of data to help him make that decision because he's been there three years and he's gone through some things. And and I see it with Hunter Helms. No problem. I see it with Bo Collins. I have no problem. Uh, those guys are older players. They, they know what they want. They know what they're looking for. And there's other things behind the scenes that uh, they that I understand, but mm-hmm. I don't understand a true freshman jumping into the transport like the UCLA quarterback last week. This is what's wrong with college football right now is we we're putting kids and allowing these 18 year olds to make decisions for themselves when they really don't know what the best decision is for themselves. And it's like especially a true freshman, he's he's got the mind of a 19 year old kid, he's a kid. And he's listening to other people put stuff in his ears. Now, there might be a situation, and I'm not going to say a jigway. I don't know his reasoning. There might be something at home or something far as we know. I don't know. Right. But to me, a true freshman in LeVon, you're the perfect person to ask about this because you were redshirted like a jigway was. You understand what it's like to have to sit out a whole year and not play. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have a choice, really. You could have transferred and left, I guess. You could have. But you also knew—is that the best thing for me? Right. And can I, or can I just go ahead and prove them wrong and get my butt on the field? What, I, I, how did you I, handle I, it?
0: You know, honestly, I thought it was about proving myself right that I belong—that um, I belong at the table. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind—I didn't mind doing the work. I'm not saying anybody don't want to do the work. You never know in the background what's going on. You, you really don't. So. Um, that, that I think that is a tough decision for a freshman to make. I, I'd rather for a guy – I can almost understand it better when a guy goes through, he gets his degree, he gets what he's supposed to come there to get, he gets that, and then he's thinking, you know, maybe I need to change the scenery. I can also understand that. But, yeah, I, I think it's tough when you, you get a true freshman that hasn't yet proved himself and has the opportunity to do it and say, well, I'm, I'm just going to go. Now you have to re—you have to almost start all over again. I don't care how much those coaches are saying, "Yeah, come to us. You're you're doing wonderful here. You'll be great here." You still got to prove yourself. You still got to compete against. <clears throat> uh, you still got to compete against guys that you don't know anything about. Now you're in a whole new situation, and you never know if the grass is greener. Mm-hmm. You know. But you always wish young people well. You you want them to do well. But, yeah, I, I understand. I mean, maybe there should, should be something put in place, but then somebody else will say, well, you're holding them back. You're going against their rights. But as a but, freshman, it's, just, but, it's, it's, it's different for a
1: freshman. The mentality is different.
0: Yeah, and sometimes as a young man, we're not always the most mature that we should be. We're not always developed yet. And sometimes that takes a little time. You know, only thing you can do as a program is present yourself as the best option mm-hmm. for your kid. Present yourself as the best way that he's going to get support and resources that he's not going to get anywhere else. And at the end of the day, if he still wants to leave, then that's his choice, and you wish him good luck. You, yeah, you
1: wonder why he's leaving when you've got a new coach coming in. Xavier Thomas is graduating, so he's going to be gone. Justin Maskell's graduating, so he's going to be gone. Um, yeah, TJ Parker's there, and, and you got to go compete against him. But And they're going to bring in a couple other guys that are going to be good, too, and they're going to have to compete against. But you never because, know. But you, but why not compete? Why not go out there and prove you if you think you're that good that you should transfer? Why don't you think you're that good that you're going to go beat that next guy?
0: Yeah. You, you just never know. And a lot of times I wish they would kind of do more of a study of how guys do once they go from, you know, they transfer. You know, they go from one team to another one. That'd be interesting, I think. But like I said, only thing you can do as a program present yourself as the best possible choice the kid can make, an mm-hmm. uh, opportunity to win and to win championships, to make some good NIL money, man, and have a great start in life. But like I said, if, if that the culture doesn't, you know, prove to be what he wants, then you wish him good luck. But yeah. You know, you know, sometimes it's just like if you have kids, sometimes you you want to protect them from themselves sometimes. because Sometimes you see them going in the wrong direction or maybe that's not the right choice, but it's still their choice.
1: Yeah. Now, I know some kids make decisions based on family, mm-hmm. and that's I understand that, like something happened and they feel like right. they need to be closer to home or something. Right. And, I and when yeah. that happens, I totally understand it, so I want to make sure I put that in there. Like I don't know the whole situation with some of these guys, but, you know – I, I understand that part if that goes into it, and that is right. important to me. Yes, so yeah. I think there's some outliers that you that you consider, but at the same time, you want to hope you hope these freshmen that jump in the portal are not jumping in it because they want playing time. Because that is ridiculous if they did, yeah. because they're too young to be that. Be their focus. They should be worried about getting developed. And when you when you when you jump in the portal and you're jumping around from team to team
0: you hurt yourself from being developed because you're not staying with the same coach for enough, enough time to get developed. But it's kind of like society is. I mean, I mean, things are, people want things right now. Mm-hmm. They want things, you know, they don't have it. And, you know, they say like, you know, I I want it and I'll get it right now. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going to take my ball somewhere else. Look at the, you know, I would tell young people, look at the great ones. Look at the, what they do. They develop themselves. They, they get better. That's what they do. They get better all the time. Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordans, LeBron James, the best ones, you know, they go out there and they get better. I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, those guys go through some odds, you know, Mm -hmm. and they they come out better for it. Uh, So you just got to continue to, you know, as a program, be the best you possibly can to those kids. And, you know, hopefully they can stay with you. Because I think as a fan, you know, you see players and they feel like your family. They feel like, you know, you've known them. They've been here for so long and you want them to finish out. You want them to do the traditional thing. But sometimes, you know, guys, they need to move on. And I understand that too.
1: Yeah, same here. Um, speaking of guys that need to move on, um, skipping the Gator Bowl, uh, Clemson has three players that have declared for the 2024 NFL draft and will not. Play in the Gator Bowl on December 29th in Jacksonville. It's linebacker Jeremiah Trotter, cornerback Nate Wiggins, and defensive tackle Rukauroa have all decided that they're going to skip the bowl game. Lavon, just your thoughts on that. You played in bowl games. You had an opportunity, you know, to um, you know go pro as a junior. You decided to come back. All these kind of things. I know you know as well as anybody what these young men are thinking or going through. Um, so your thoughts just on them, A, announcing
0: they're going pro, B, skipping the bowl game? Well, I, I think that's just the, the pattern that guys are going on, you know. Um, especially if you're not playing for the playoffs or national championship. Those guys are leaving now. Mm-hmm. You can almost You can almost bet that your top players who are not going, you know, not playing for a national championship is going to leave. You know, really we didn't have that choice back then. But I had a choice to, I could have left my junior year. And honestly, I probably would have got drafted higher. A lot of people don't probably understand. I would have probably got drafted higher if I would have left. But I wanted really? to come back. For me, for me, I wanted to come back. I wanted to be, it was important for me to be a senior. That was just my thought process. I think if, you know, what I would want you to get, though, before you leave, before you go pro, Man, if you get that degree, man, I get it. And I also understand that hey, you wanna you don't wanna get hurt. So I, I I totally get it. I totally get it. But from a fan perspective, you want those guys to play. You do. But from a I can understand it, it gets it gets old after a while. You've been in the same program for a long time. It gets a little old and guys are kind of sometimes guys are ready to move on. And I can understand that they don't want to play in the game. I, I, I get it. As a fan, you want them to stay and play that last game. It would make a difference for Clemson, of course. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand where they're coming from, and you gotta understand it. And you, you want to keep that relationship. There. Yeah, it's um, an it's, in, it's,
1: it's an yeah. individual thing, right? It, like it you, something. I know you, I know you would in today's college football. If you were playing in it you would probably play in the game because that's who you are. I know that's who you are, but it's it's an individual choice. So it's each person feels different. Right. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Right.
0: Yeah. And I I think, you know, I can understand like, well, Hey, I don't want to get hurt or things like that. But for me, yeah, I want to go out there and play one more last time. It it, it should be fun. It's a bowl game. It should be fun. Yeah. It really should be. Uh, But nowadays, I, I get it, you know. Hey, you don't want to get you don't want to get hurt. You want to make sure that you're ready for the combines and going on to the next level. I I, I get that. I, I do. But man, I would wish I, I really wish that some of those guys would just kind of just play that one more game.
1: They mm-hmm.
0: probably and just go out there and have fun. Play that mm-hmm. one more game, have fun, and then you know, you can take off those pads and then you can move on. Because the one thing though, once you finish. You know, you're done. You're finished. And you can't get that back. And I wonder down the line when you say, like, man, I wish I would have played the bowl game. You know, the pros are going to be waiting for you. Trust me. And when you do that, you're going to see that now it's different. It's different. Then you're not going to be playing with your boys anymore, your friends that you came up with. It's going to be, you know, kind of dog eat, dog work. It's a job. It's a job (laughs) now, man. So, I hope you're ready for it. I yeah. Hope you
1: are. The thing that I always think about this, and you mentioned like maybe, you know, they, they have a little regret after they do it. And I think some do. I don't say all do, but I said, I think I want to say some do. And I just know, like, you know, think about it this way you play a whole season. What is different? I mean, I. I understand they're being advised and their agents are telling them, but these are people, some people that didn't even play football that are telling why, you things.
0: But why, are, why is your agent telling
1: Yeah, exactly. Why are you letting these people talk to you and, and, and convincing you? And you're not. Because what is different for Jeremiah Trotter and Nate Wiggins and Rook than they just played the South Carolina game? Why'd they even play in the South Carolina game if they were worried about getting hurt? Why'd they play in the Georgia Tech game if they were worried about it? Because they already knew Clemson wasn't going to play in a in a bowl in a national championship game or playoff game. So they already knew that. They already knew Clemson wasn't going to play. After they lost to NC State, they knew Clemson wasn't going to play for an ACC championship. So why do you play those other games and then not play the bowl game? What's the difference? Because is it the bowl game finishing that season? That's the question I would ask them. Like, okay, what's different about this game than the South Carolina game?
0: Yeah. You, you know, could have got think, hurt against South Carolina. I, I think people just kind of follow – we just kind of we we follow the crowd. We follow the you know uh, what's trendy or or whatever. But I, I think you're absolutely right. What's the difference? You know why not sit out that day? Mm-hmm. You know get ready for the pros. And then sometimes you know I, I know as a player, sometimes you listen to. A lot of times you're so young and you, you're not so you're not so sure of yourself. If you'll listen, you listen, the agent is supposed to work for you, but not the other a, a way around. Times, but a lot of times it's the other way around, mm-hmm. and those guys it takes getting, you three
1: or four years to figure that out. Why? Yeah. Well, because you get older yeah. and you mature. You
0: yeah, and so a lot of times those guys are getting paid to get you to come on out to start. You know, hey, I want you to train with these guys, and you know, none of that stuff is free. They're not doing this for the goodness of their heart. They're not.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So you got to uh, you got to understand where they're they're coming from too. What's their angle? And trying to get you out. So I mean, it seemed like an agent would tell you the right thing to do, regardless of what you want to hear or not want to hear. Right. But in this game, the agents are not going to always do that because it's about their bottom line and making money and filling well. their
1: pockets up too. And and. and
0: yeah, yeah, so be careful. And be careful, I think, really, who's talking to you? And what's their thing Why mm-hmm. are they telling you? you know like, why are they telling you to leave? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I, I would look at all that if I'm a player and you know, of course it's up to you to make that decision. But sometimes as young men, it's hard for us to make decisions because we're not that mature yet.
1: Mm, <laughs> we're not. You get you got to be, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, what's the difference in the game? And, you know, I don't, you know, would you do, make sure you're not going to have any regrets that you didn't play? Because why do you play football, LeVon? What's the reason to play football?
0: Well, I think there's several. But the one number one thing is, man, it's fun. To play the it's game, kids. right? Yeah, it's a kid's game. The game is fun. the best part. Yeah, especially if you got the ability to play, man. God, I loved it you know but I can't speak for everybody else do they love it but I think if, in order to be successful on the highest level you got to love
1: it. Right? I was coaching some young kids and we practiced hard. I mean we did cuz I like to I like to make sure you're in position to be successful. That's how I coach. Right. And that's how that's how I try to do everything I do. But especially sports though cuz I'm very competitive and like hey, I want to put you in the best position to be successful. So do that, we're going to well, practice hard.
0: Well, well are you Competitive, will? I'm very, yes, I'm very competitive, as you know. Uh, so
1: uh, I, I, you know, I practiced them hard, and I had one of the young men come up to me, and he says, "You know, he's looking at all the other kids, and he's seeing them running around having fun and everything, and he's like, he's like, Coach, when are we gonna have fun like that?" And I said, "I said, well, that's why we're practicing, because trust me, on game day, you're gonna have a whole lot more fun than they are."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he looked at me like. What? And then we open the first game of the season and we're up 35 nothing at halftime. He comes up to me and he says, Coach, I'm oh, having boy. so much fun. I'm, I'm having so much fun. Life. Because that is what football mm-hmm. is about. You practice. The game is the best part of football. It's the game, not the practice, not all that right. stuff, yeah. not the lifting weights and all that. The best part is the game. You play mm-hmm. that game. And so when you skip that game, it's sort of like you're cheating yourself because you've worked mm-hmm. that hard to get to that game. And that's what we're losing sight of. That's what we're losing sight in college football altogether with everything. It's about that game. It's not about anything else. It's not about TV. It's not about the college football playoff. It's not about the NIL. It's not about, um, you know, uh, scholarships. It's not about any of that stuff. You know, it's not about turning pro. It's about playing the game and having fun. Yeah.
0: That's, to right. me, that's what it's about. Well, no, I, I totally understand it. And and I know it from a a, a guy who's played it, man. You're going to miss it. You, you are. I mean, we were talking about the Gator Bowl today. Mm-hmm. And, man, I, I still miss it. And, you know, because once you're done, you're really done. This is it. You know, understand that you're not going to be playing for the school you were playing for. Now... It's grown up time. Now you're you're thrown out there. Now you have to make ways to make another team. There's no guarantees that you're gonna be drafted. None of that stuff. I don't care if they predict you to be number one, you know, hey, you're gonna be in the first round. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know where you're gonna get drafted. Mm-hmm. That's the and, and a lot of them are gonna realize how scary it is when drafting happens. And you have no idea what's up, like, what's your next, where are you going? What city are you going to? You have, it's up in the air. And now not only do you have to, once you're on the team and once you get drafted, yay, congratulations. I don't care how hard you hug Roger Goodell. <laughs> I don't care what suit you wear for being on stage. Guess what? That You're just getting started. The work is about to begin. And now, you got to make the team. And you got to, guess what? You got to keep making the team. And keep making the team. And keep making the team. It's a great profession, but it's a tough profession. Yes, it is. It's a tough profession. So, I think, man, enjoy college while you can. Enjoy being with your boys because, when you get to the league, you're not going to be with your boys. You're going to be with guys who are your teammates and guys you get along with, but you're not going to be hanging out with them because some guys are going to be going home to their wife and kids, and you're going to be. It's not like college where after practice you're hanging out together. It's not going to be like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a totally different world, and I think a lot of times guys may not know that. You know, they may not know the ins and outs, uh, but they will definitely. <laughs> They would definitely get a dose of it once they declared themselves to go into the
1: pros. Just some news notes before we get out of here, LeVon. Um, All ACC, uh, the Associated Press announced their all ACC team today. Clemson's Tyler Davis, uh, linebacker Jeremiah Trotter, and uh, cornerback Nate Wiggins were all named first team all ACC players, as they should be. Um, They were uh, obviously – those three guys are great Clemson Tigers and great players. Tyler Davis, again, just, you know, setting all kind of records. I think he's the only one of – what what was it, four players to make first right. team all ACC in the history of Clemson football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to do it four years in a row or whatever, that's that's, that's just amazing, man. That's And that that's tells you right. the kind of guy Tyler Davis – me and you are huge uh, was, Tyler Davis fans. We have been we, forever. We went, yeah.
0: <laughs> so well, happy for you. We, we, yeah, well, I, I would tell anybody, man. If me and Will like a young player, you need to jump on him because that player is good. And we have not been wrong when we talk about young players that we think are going to be good. Yeah. We 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 talked about Tyler Davis forever. and He becomes a top-notch guy. Wiggins, several other guys that we've had that we predicted was going to be really good players that end up being great players. For
1: the yeah. And all three of those guys, man, I just want to say so fun to cover those three guys for me mm-hmm. and so fun to watch them play football. Uh, I'm a defensive guy like yourself. I love defense and they play defense the way you're supposed to. They, all three of those guys play with a lot of heart and right. determination. They've gone through some um, ups and downs and um, and they and they always found a way to succeed at the end. And that's what I like about them. They're all going to be, I think, outstanding pros at mm-hmm. the next level. I really believe that. So congratulations to those guys. Speaking of congratulations, let's congratulate the Clemson men's soccer team. They're advancing to the College World Cup in Louisville uh, thanks to a 2-0 win over uh, Stanford at Riggs Field last Saturday. They will play West Virginia at 6 p.m. on this coming Friday on ESPNU. Um, This is the 10th College Cup appearance for the Clemson program. The Tigers, of course, won three national championships in 1984, 1987, and 2021. This is the third time. Under head coach Mike Noonan, that the Tigers have advanced to the College Cup. Uh, he both times previous LeVon, they went to the championship game. Mm-hmm. They won at one time, they lost at one time. So hopefully, coach can uh, can bring back another national championship for Clemson.
0: It's gotta be awesome.
1: Yeah. So congrats to them. And then me and are huge basketball guys, and yes. uh, no surprise, right? That we're big basketball guys. Clemson basketball is seven and zero for the first time since two thousand eight nine. This past week, they beat Alabama on the road for the first non conference road win against a ranked opponent. Um, then they went on the road to open ACC play and they took it to Pittsburgh um, and beat the Panthers again, the 10th or 11th straight time they've beaten the Panthers, I think, yeah. overall. Um,
0: I think it's temp- the 10th time,
1: actually. Yeah, the 10th time. There you go. And so uh, that's big there. Uh, they on Wednesday night, oh, excuse me, then they find out they're ranked number 20 in the coaches' poll. They're ranked number 24 in the AP poll. The net rankings came out, and they're 18th there. I think they should be higher, but, you know, again, what do I know? Um, and then um, then the, the, they're going to play 7-0 South Carolina Wednesday night, and this is from Tim Beret. Um, that game, by the way, is going to be at 8 o'clock on uh, ACC Network, so you want to check that out. Clemson against uh, 7-0 Clemson against 7-0 South Carolina. It's the oh, first time yeah. in the history of the rivalry that both teams, at, with the, after playing more than three games, are undefeated coming into this game. First time ever. Remember, they used to be ACC rivals yeah. back in the day, mm-hmm. and so uh, this is a huge. This is a huge game Wednesday night at Little John Coliseum, man. I'm going to be there covering it. I'm kind of stoked about it, man. I mean,
0: uh, you know, no, undefeated I Carolina it. and
1: undefeated Clemson. No. This is going to be fun,
0: man. I'm going to watch that game because. Believe it or not, I am. I I love Clemson basketball. I, I watch Clemson basketball, and right now, man, we we are a very good shooting team. And yes. I think anytime you can shoot the ball, man, you got an opportunity. So this is gonna. I think this is gonna test our metal a little bit. South is good too. I've seen them, but man, if you're not at Little John, you should be ashamed of yourself.
1: <laughs> you need to pack it out. If you're a Clemson fan. You need to pack it out make sure that the Gamecock fans don't get any tickets. That's that's what you that's need it. to do, that's you know, it. so you, you get that home court advantage for the Tigers. By the way, uh, 7-0, best start since 2009 season. Um, so, congrats to Coach Brownell and his team and staff. Uh, off to a good year. We've said it earlier this year. We think this team's set up for a great season. I'm going to keep with this. LaVon, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to. Go
0: ahead. But is this I, the
1: team that finally does it? Is this the team that finally brings home an ACC championship for Clemson? It,
0: it could possibly be. You know, I, I really like this team. I especially like the guy from Syracuse. What's his name?
1: Uh, Joe Gerard.
0: Joe Gerard. <laughs> He's a baller. That man can shoot from any way on the court, man. I mean, P.J. Hall is approved, too. This outside game has gotten better. The, the whole team is uh, – I mean, they're, they're better than what they were last year. And it, sh- it should have been a team that went to the NCAA. I think this team may have a chance.
1: I think so too, man. This, this, I, this is a very – this is the best Clemson basketball team I have seen since the um, 1991 team that won the ACC regular season title. This is the best one I've seen since then, and that was a great Clemson that team. That was a really good team, yes. Yeah, and then also uh, I would put in, you know, obviously the 86-87 Horace Grant-led Tigers. Yes. It's all gone fun to watch too, and, um, you know, I just love the makeup of this team. They got the inside game. They got the outside game. Yes. You can't key on P.J. Hall anymore. No. So it's – and you see LeVon. P.J. Hall leads the ACC in scoring right now. Yeah. He's averaging yeah. almost twenty-two, over twenty-two points a game. Now, if
0: he doesn't, if he, if he don't become first, in, uh, first team ACC, something
1: wrong. Yeah.
0: How, how he's playing right now? Yeah. We should almost have two guys really that right team, now. Team, both yeah. of
1: the top five at scoring right now.
0: Yeah. T.J. Hall and Joe Girard. Team. So. Joe Girard, those guys are playing some good basketball. And by
1: the way, uh, Chase Hunter, dude's balling. That second half against Alabama. Dude, yeah. he had two points and, like, three turnovers. I and, love then, Chase and then Hunter. he just turned it on in that second half.
0: I love Chase Hunter as a point guard, man.
1: I do too, man. He's a fighter, dude. That's what I love yeah. about him is he's a fighter. Yeah. And, he, and he's clutch. When you need a big shot, I mean, remember that shot he made against Alabama where he hits at the top of the key, hits that three-pointer when yeah. Alabama was trying to make a run back? And he's just clutch. And then Gerard nails another one on the other one right after that. To have you those gotta, two guys. If you don't guard Gerard,
0: you're, you're going to be
1: in trouble. I'm God, telling you. You have those two guys that are they got ice in their veins late in the game. And then yeah. you got P.J. Hall. It's like, yeah. it's like the best combination you can have. It yeah, really
0: is. And, and then some of the other guys are playing well. It's, oh, Ian Sheffield's
1: balling. 14, balling. Had 14 rebounds against Pittsburgh. I mean, against um, Alabama. God, then comes back and has 17 against Pittsburgh. I mean. Godfrey is playing well. Goffrey's come out the bench playing well. Wiggins, what he do the other against Pittsburgh? He came out that had ten points in the first half. Was big that got Clemson going, you know, till they could get find a way to get Gerard open more. If if
0: Hemingway can get well, man, oh my god! If he can mm. get healthy, man,
1: yeah, and then yeah, they they got you know Jacks that they they the NC State transfer that they really like. Um, You know, there's uh, they, they. they got some pieces, and um, this team is going to be a really, really good team. They're going to make a run in yeah. in March. I, There's no doubt in my mind they're making a run in March. Right. So That's right. Anyway, well, we're going to get out of here, man. LeVon, it's been a blast the last three years, man. You're, you're one of my great friends. I love yeah. you. I appreciate yeah, you. Love you too, and, bro. And I'm going to miss doing this show with you, man, but the good news is I'm going to get to see you all the time. So
0: Yeah. You know what? Hey, and I just wanted to let everybody out there know, Tiger Insider, everybody that sponsored us, man. Thank you so much. The fans that have been really cheering us on, it's been wonderful. I I, I love talking football, and one of the people I can talk football with is Will. We've always done it, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for these last three years. But, you know, we're we're moving on. It's going to get better, man. We're going to have some more fun.
1: Absolutely we are, man. So, for LeVon Kirkland, I'm Will Vandervoort. We'll talk to you next time on Believing in Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.